Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks so much once again for joining me today on Exit Coach Radio. Uh, we're, you're in luck. Uh, our first guest today is someone who's joined us many times and shared lots of great information and tips with us. And we've been talking last couple times, you've probably caught the series, on uh, family business strategies. And my guest is Vince Mastrovito. He's a CEPA, which is Certified Exit Planning Advisor and a CBEC, and he's, uh, he's the head of Prometheus Partners in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And again, we've been having some interesting conversations. We're going to continue that again today. So welcome, Vince. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. Well, thank you, Bill. Really appreciate it, and I uh, love being on your show, so thanks for the invite. Love having you. Uh, we've always get great comments, great information, and you've helped our listeners really in this family business marketplace, especially in our last uh, several um, uh, series of interviews, uh, really get some great information. And today is going to be no different. We're going to we're going to carve out a segment uh, discussing what family business policies. Yeah, I thought we would talk about family business policies. You know, there are there are so many aspects to owning a family business, whether it be small or large, um, and you, I think it's just a, a great way to put down in writing and, and have some guidelines to to not only help you make decisions inside the business, but also let's talk about decisions on how we're going to have relationships between the family members. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that that's I think that's just a very important piece that we really want to try to accomplish uh, when we're putting together some policies. I think it's critical because a lot of times, uh, you know, we walk into a family business and we find out that there's, uh, but beyond the the, nor- the normal day-to-day, um, you know, uh, working relationship, uh, people uh, people morph into their familial relationship, and uh, it's. You know, I, I feel sorry for the employees that aren't family members in situations like that. They they can't. They there's no way that they could go in there and pull an emotional card on an owner and get away with it. But a lot of times, of course, the family members can and do that. So it's important for people to understand because that can really create a culture um, that can destroy a business if they're not careful, right? Uh, it can not only create a dysfunctional culture, it can just create a, a culture of non-productivity, um, a tremendous amount of um, turnover um, inside 
with your employees because they just probably figure, hey, I want to go somewhere else so I don't have to deal with the drama every single day. Uh, so I do think it's important that you, you have a life both inside the business uh, and outside the business. And how are you going to conduct yourselves uh, in both senses? Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't have fun and enjoy your life, but certainly there has to be some common sense uh, because you are an extension of the business and its name uh, and its character and integrity and its legacy. And so you want to make sure that you sustain that uh, for its entirety. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Vince, I was at a business, um, well, it's been, it's been a little over over a year now, uh, and the the owner says to me, you know, I really want my son to someday take over the business. And uh, he tells me, unfortunately, my son sometimes treats me uh, poorly in front of other workers. It's created a real dysfunctional environment. The other day he came in and shouted some things about some things that I did um, uh, that he thought were unfair on a personal basis and stormed out in front of a few people. Now, you can, I mean, everybody was embarrassed. You can imagine how the owner felt. The, the employee uh, son didn't, didn't, you know, he thought he was totally within his rights. But can you imagine if, the, if another employee, an unrelated employee, tried to pull off something like that? And, and the other thing is, how embarrassing or how difficult would it be for people to respect that son when they see how he treats his father down down the road in the future so how can people uh, let's let's get into this matter how can how can owners of businesses make sure that that kind of thing just does not happen on the workplace and the answer is setting these policies so how do they start how do they develop policies yeah, so first of all, um, you want to first take a look at what type of, you know, company do you really have in front of you, right? So mm-hmm. what, is the, what is the current culture? What size of company do you have in front of you? Uh, how many family members are actually involved with the business? Uh, what stage of the business um, are we currently at? Are we more in the first generation? Are we further along in the second or whatever? Um, how big is the family members that you that have that you have in there? Um, and then you also want to take a look at what is the what is the real harmony between the family members that you have inside the business also? And are they people that are open to each other, or are they fairly close to the vest and secretive? Um, you know, and like we said before, what kind of culture is in the business, um, you know, and what kind of precedences or policies are really kind of already put in place. So when you start to look at, you know, what you need and when you need it is you're almost, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at where am I at in my business right now? And then I think a, a good thing to do, and this takes, this takes time. This is not something that can be completed in, 30 or 60 days. This could take a few years to complete. Um, but in, And sometimes what I suggest to business owners is let's try one policy and procedure that we put in place and let's make sure that we're, we're, we're aware of what that policy and procedure is. And then, and then we can kind of build on that based on how quickly that really resonates with everybody else in there. And and you really just want to talk to the family members and, and really just have a meeting 
to talk about here's our values and here's what we're really trying to accomplish and let's all agree as to how we're going to conduct ourselves both here and outside of the business and i think that's really important because certainly there could be two and maybe three generations sitting at that table uh, that could be 10 to 20 years away from actually running it but it's important to set those precedences ahead of time certainly you want to allow for the younger generations as they take um, ownership of the business and the and the more senior generations start to move out into the next phase of their lives is you want to allow them some flexibility to kind of build a culture that's going to be fit to what they have a little bit more than maybe what you had originally. Makes a lot of sense. So what I heard you say was you kind of take stock of, of where you are and what you, what you currently look like and what you want to look like, set some, some mm-hmm. goals and guidelines to kind of get your bearings and then uh, start with something like a code of conduct um, that everybody can adhere to. And, uh, you know, one thing we hear about in family businesses a lot is it's, it's usually a mistake to bring um, children right into the business without having them go out and, and work for someone else, at least uh, after they've gone to college, for instance, maybe you know, sweep up the floor early on when they don't have any authority. But the, the issue is often to not put people into authority positions until they've had a chance to go out and work for somebody else and build and, and understand what it looks like outside of the family business. What do you think about that advice? I think it's a great way to, um, to do it is to have somebody, uh, whether it's in the industry in which they're going to work inside the business or just somewhere else to be out there, is um, those are good policies to put in writing uh, to say, you know, does the should they should they work outside and for how long do they need to work somewhere else? And you know, you could even go as far as what kind of roles should they experience uh, in job uh, descriptions? Should they do outside before they come back in? Um, a couple of other ones would be: Do we have, like, do we have like a um, what happens if you know one of your uh, children or your nephew if they want to be promoted but somebody else really wants to say, well, I don't want that. But if you have the policies in place and this person has met those requirements, then either they are or they are not going to be uh, promoted into a different job. Um, it also has to do with policies um, about um, stock and who can own stock and when they can own stock and um, mm-hmm. when they should have to sell the stock. And, you know, if you're getting married, then are you going to make sure that you have a prenup uh, letting them know that, you know, any non-family member does not get to come into the business or what are those requirements? It doesn't mean that you have to disallow it. It just means you need to talk about it. So if Jim's wife can come in, but Tom's wife doesn't want to, how does that, what is that treatment there and how is that different? And can she own stock and still be a non-owner and things of that nature? So I think there's a lot of things that people have to make sure um, that they take a, a look at. I can drill it down, Bill, even to the fact is how much of a loan can the business take and what are the policies with loaning and, and banking um, can you serve on a board somewhere else, and what does that look like? So it can get pretty in-depth uh, of what you're trying to accomplish. But it goes kind of back to what I said originally, just kind of 
you got to find out first where is the business today and what kind of maturity, what kind of size, how many family members are we really looking to talk about, and then you can kind of mold all of this based on who those folks are and how to best direct them and how they can make really good quality decisions um, to help them move along in their family business. So I'm I'm starting to understand why you said uh, uh, close to the beginning, this can take a couple of years depending on the size of your business and, and where you are on on your timeline uh, and how many people might be involved either now or in the future generations. Uh, this could be very, very, very involved, especially if you if you've kind of maybe your second generation business now and you want to go to third generation and beyond, and of course the number of constituents or family members has now um, increased substantially as you go from one generation to the next, it could be very, very um, <clears throat> interesting and difficult. What are the? I mean, there are giant family businesses out there, Vince. Um, there are huge family businesses out there, and uh, how do they? do this? How do they create these types of codes of conduct, if you will, and, and policies? Well, I think they're going to go back, Bill, to what I, uh, uh, to, to the point of you got to start at square one. And mm-hmm. so usually the, the senior owner of the business, and could be the, the, one, the, the one business owner that started the business, is you're going to want to sit everybody down in the same room and just kind of start talking about what this business is and where it's come from and what your goals were as a business owner when you started it. And then you want to share with your family members what it is you're trying to accomplish, and you're going to want to ask them their input. I always think it's important to get everybody's input um, because, one, it makes everyone feel like you are having a contribution and getting everyone's insight as to to what they feel and what they think. And I would go as far as to say put a put a flip chart up and write down some of those ideas so no one forgets it or have someone write them down. Mm-hmm. And then you're just going to talk about, say, look, at here's the area. So make a list of the policies that you want to develop uh, and start with one or two of them and write them out and then walk away from it. And then you come back to it and you keep developing that policy until you get it where you want it. And then have some other people from the outside look at it. Uh, if you have an advisory board, um, uh, I know that uh, I serve on a, a number of those as just kind of a silent person in the back. And sometimes I'll give some insight if they ask. Uh, sometimes I don't. Uh, but if they ask uh, people from the outside to take a look at them, then at that point they can get some additional insight as to say, hey, listen, I think that you're right on track and you're you should probably put this in place or, you know what, let's talk about a few other questions that you may want to ask the family and just kind of really fine tune what this really looks like uh, and then make sure that you finalize it and then you put that in place and you move on to the next one. Good point. So um, always get, getting everybody's involvement um, if possible. Now, you're, how about a situation where families are growing, uh, maybe you have several siblings and they're having children and they're getting to the age now where they might be involved um do you uh do you have like a a family business manual that goes to anybody who asks or is this something where you think you have a uh, a policy manual that is available to anybody who's reaching a certain age and asking for a job or how do you 
how do you continue to communicate this to new potential um, employees for the business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think the best way to handle that is to start having those conversations with your children, probably uh, early high school, uh, and to talk to them about the business and what's in place and, and to explain to them, you know, here's kind of what you've done in the business and here's what has been outlined uh, as the policies to be able to get into the business. Now, depending on how large the company is, Bill, it would depend on how many policies that particular business has. But you mm-hmm. certainly could um, put down a summary page uh, and talk with your kids uh, about here's some of the key factors it's going to take to get to maybe first base to get into the business, and here's why we did it this way. And mm-hmm. you're getting their input. You're explaining that to them, and you might need to have that conversation a few times with them. Um, but now you've got and you've kind of set the stage and the foundation and the expectations uh, and so then it's a lot easier to move forward with it from there to say, well, listen, we have a requirement that you have to work outside the business for two years before you can come in. Um, mm-hmm. You may have to have at least an associate's degree before you can come in, or maybe you need a, an actual a business degree before you can come in. So by explaining that to them early in stage, especially in high school, where it's probably going to be a little bit, it's going to resonate with them a little bit more, I believe. Um, I think it's like going to be a lot easier to yeah, I think it's going to be a lot easier just to let it flow out and, you know, treat them like adults and people because that's what they are. I like that. I've, I've got um, a third-generation business, and the, what I found is that um, there are a lot of myths that the third generation has about what they thought they saw happen between generation one and generation two. I'll give you a quick example. Um, the The children think that dad gave the business to their mother and father um, and that the mother and father should in turn give the business to these, this third generation, when in fact what happened was we were in a very different estate planning type of a scenario way back then. Uh, the limits for, uh, for being able to transfer business and other assets was very low, and so certain things had to happen in terms of gifts and, comp- and compensation. So they mistook the gift for a free gift as opposed to a tax strategy. So so a lot of times there are myths that perpetuate throughout generations and those need to be busted at some point as well. So I I really like uh, what we've uh, talked about today Vince. What what tips could you give our listeners as far as just getting started on on this path? Um, well, I think just uh maybe setting down themselves first of all um like in some, you know, just in their office or somewhere where they can get some isolated time and just really kind of think about, you know, if you, if you're bringing in your family into the business or they're already there, um, what one or two policies would you like to see in place that you think would, would not only increase the communication, the relationship between you and your family professionally and personally, but would also increase the relationship between the family members and the employees within the business. Mm -hmm. And I think if you really think about that and and really challenge yourself and just make it simple, don't get overly complicated about it, then you can start to sketch out um, and put some policies together and then start bringing them in and talking about them 
but it will help you to communicate what it is you're trying to accomplish. And then you all work together as a team, uh, and it gives you, I think, a, a sense of it, it really increases that sense of co- uh, collaboration and continuity together that everybody is growing together and moving in the same direction. Love it. As usual, great ideas and tips from uh, from Vince Mastrovito of Prometheus Partners, and you can you can call him if you want. I'll give you the office phone number is six one six six two two thirty seventy, or visit his website, and that's at Prometheus dash. That's P R O M E T I S. By the way, P R O M E T I S dash Partners. Uh, no, I don't think I have that right, Vince. I'm sorry. I'm looking at your LinkedIn contact. What is your website, please? No, no worries. It's uh, Prometheus, P-R-O-M-E-T-I-S, partners, P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S dot com. No dash in between there. So PrometheusPartners.com. Vince, thanks once again. Uh, great information. Uh, really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope our listeners took a lot of notes as I did. And, again, I look forward to the next time we get a chance to speak, Vince. All right. Thanks a lot, Bill. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.